0: And we are back on the road to glory. Saturday, December 16th, start of bowl season, just kicked off, had a whole bunch of a uh, group of five teams playing in some bowl games today. I think UCLA is taking on somebody right now as we speak. Boise State. Uh, Boise State, yep. Uh, UCLA is taking on Boise State. Boise State's up 16-7 to 7 on those guys currently. And yeah, man, we're back. Back to recap some of the news that has been going on past couple of weeks, mainly with the transfer portal. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the upcoming bowl games for this week. We got a whole bunch on um, Saturday as well. We'll talk a little bit about we'll talk a little bit about those. Make some predictions. Have some fun with it, um, and just overall, just talk some college football, man. Right now, this is bowl suit season. It is like the period where we are waiting for the playoffs to begin. Um, so not going to really have much structure right now. We're just going to talk a little bit about everything. And then as the off season fully, um, comes to us, we'll have more structured episodes and and things of that nature. But Steph, how you feeling brother? How you been? What's your vibes like? How's it over there in, um, Duckland?
1: Um, I'm feeling a little bit better. You know, when the season ends like that, that disappointment is never going to go away, you know? Like I I talked about before, that was definitely top three worst losses as a sports fan in general, definitely as a Duck fan, but I can't think of any other loss that I felt like that compares from the Cowboys, really. So, I mean, that's always going to last. But at least we know going into next year, one of the biggest questions has been answered. And since the transfer portal is open, I think we probably have the biggest commitment so far.
0: Would you say that? And- Who's bigger? Pause. <laughs> um, oh, that's a good question. I think he's the biggest quarterback that has moved so far for sure. Yeah. So I'll agree on that. I think um, there's going to be a player coming off the board pretty soon. I don't know if it was actually announced yet, but we'll talk about it in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, Committing to Ole Miss soon. That'll be pretty big. But uh, go ahead, continue. That it is a huge commit. I'm not gonna not gonna act like that isn't one of the top though.
1: Well, yeah. Either way. Um. So the big commit is Dylan Gabriel, former UCF and then Oklahoma quarterback, uh, transferring in his final year of eligibility to the University of Oregon. And you know that was always, you know, one of the lingering storylines of the season. Well, we got Bo Nix back for another year, but after that. We didn't really know what was going to happen. I told you this before that we're probably going to take a transfer quarterback. And it was more of what kind of transfer was it going to be? Was it going to be a starter or was it going to be someone for death just because we wouldn't have the scholarship numbers? And it ended up being a bona fide starter. Um, So one thing's for certain, there's not going to be any quarterback competition or controversy or anything like that like a meteor happens or something, Dylan Gabriel is going to be the Oregon quarterback in 2024.
0: Um and you do feel pretty good about that, right? I mean, moving into the Big 10, um we're looking around the conference. Riley Leonard did commit to Notre um was it Notre Dame or was oh, it Ohio yeah, State?
1: yeah, yeah. No, Notre Dame, Notre was- Dame. Yeah, that is another big one as well, so
0: yeah, I just thought about that. I, I was going to mention him playing in the Big Ten because for some reason I was thinking he, he committed to the uh, to Ohio State, but no, he Ohio committed State to Notre doesn't State. have their quarterback. No, yet. they don't. You're right. So who is who are the top quarterbacks? I guess in the Big Ten coming into next year, JJ McCarthy. I'm assuming is coming back. It right. would
1: be JJ McCarthy, assuming he comes back, and pretty much that's it. <laughs> Dylan Gabriel. I mean, maybe maybe Aiden Charles in at Michigan State, but we haven't seen him play for a full season yet. Right. So we, um, we know washington has got quarterback? Did they just
0: got a? Real, they got will Real rogers will rogers. rogers that's actually gonna be a very very um good pickup will rogers playing well was recruited by mike leach who's known for that air raid that high power yep. offense and i think that's kind of a match made in heaven with washington they're not quite the air raid but I mean, you look at the offensive running out there with Michael Penix, and those are yeah. receivers.
1: It's definitely more
0: suited to his skill set. For sure, and I think that's going to be sneaky good. He's played in the SEC. He's played in some big stadiums. He's played in some big games. Hasn't really won him, obviously, um, with Mississippi State struggling over the past couple of years. But, it, you know, it's not all his fault. I think that'll be a. you I think he's going to turn into a top quarterback in the Big Ten next year. So, But, yeah, I think Dylan Gabriel, you definitely saw him right there at the top of the conference when it comes to quarterbacks. Now yeah. that I'm thinking about it, I mean – He was the
1: first one too. It was like right it was like the day after the portal opened. He committed
0: to order. Yeah. He committed. (laughs) Yeah. And um w I there's been some um message board rumors, some Twitter smoke that the E Streets were talking about some potential um tampering going on that I want to ask you about. And before uh, I get to the question, I just wanna say that stop crying. Like players, especially when especially with players talking to other players. Um, there's been a lot of smoke, if you haven't heard, but Dylan Gabriel potentially uh, recruiting uh, an Oklahoma offensive tackle. I forget the tackle's name off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But into the portal. And he has not yet commit committed to Oregon, but there is some smoke that potentially he may be going to is Oregon as well. Is that And that's my point. I don't think that's tampering. And I've seen a – it's just been all over my TL for the past, like, day and a half. And I'm just like – I understand the frustration. Like, it sucks, like, having – Dylan Gabriel come to your program for like was he there for two years? Yeah. Okay, so he was there for two years at least, but come to your program and then like steal one of your top pr- prospects and like yeah that sucks. But at the end of the day, if these guys are friends and if they truly just want to continue to play together at the next spot, like shut up. Like, but um, did you hear anything about that? Is this is yeah uh, I heard I about ask. it.
1: But I don't I don't even know if that's really tampering. Obviously, if a coach does it, then that's tampering. But- yeah, right. But players do that all the time. You even see,
0: and coaches do it all the time too. By the well, way, oh yeah, they like, do. Let's it. not act stupid. Like, but yeah. is
1: is a player doing that even against the rules? I mean, we no, see it in recruiting all the time, where a player may be committed to a school, and then he'll just be openly saying on social media, telling other players to to come to that school. So, I don't really, I don't really know if that's tampering. I know Oklahoma fans are going to be mad, but. I don't I don't think that really breaks any rules, so I don't really have anything else to say about it.
0: Yeah, um, it's just something I thought about when you mentioned Dylan Gabriel. But, yeah, I think that is a pretty solid pickup for you guys. I made it known in our group chat um, off the air that I'm not really the biggest fan of Dylan Gabriel. I do think he is a really um, – I think he's an above-average quarterback, uh, as was Bo Nix. Right, so okay. I do think that it will be a seamless transition, which is probably the best thing for Oregon um, when it comes to uh, logistic wise and um, transferring into a, a new conference and s- still trying to be relevant and compete this year and and have a shot. Right, so I do think that it's, I guess, the right move. Um, but I wouldn't expect Dylan Gabriel to to all of a sudden like work his way. To becoming this NFL quarterback I, I think obviously Working in the Oregon offense will probably put up some pretty nice numbers this year And maybe um, That crowd uh, the, the Ducks will quack loud enough and, and get him some Heisman hype I think they will both But,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, yeah I, I don't think um, Long term This is something that Oregon can, can continue to do You would like to see some more stability When it comes to high school recruiting At that position um, especially when it comes to quarterback. Um, now, you can't argue that maybe this is just the way that college football is moving. And with the transfer portal and trying to compete for a title every year, or at least compete in your conference every year, especially in a super conference like the Big Ten, you need a top quarterback. And maybe if Oregon feels like they can go in and get a top quarterback every year, um, they, they can continue to do it. Maybe they can still do it, but um, it just feels like, it might not be sustainable, um, but we'll see.
1: Well, I'll put it to you like this: pretty much every top program right now has taken a transfer quarterback.
0: I agree, including Oregon. Go next,
1: right? We took one. I mean, Ohio State is about to take one right now. Um, Alabama took one. Florida State took one. Texas Florida. took one. Yeah. Well, are y'all a top program? I'm just kidding, but we're not. Pretty- Pretty much every every relevant team has has taken a transfer quarterback, so it, it kind of is the way the the land right now. But but I mean, I will, make
0: it, I will make a counterpoint. The team that has won the last two Natties didn't have he, a transfer. Used to walk on. <laughs> that is so, true. But, that's but true he, that, was like, he was a transfer. He was a transfer, though. That's true. You're. <laughs> He wasn't transferred. Wait, wait. Did he start at Georgia, transfer away, and then transfer back yeah, Georgia? Yeah, yeah. He did. <laughs> so does that count as a – does that count as a tra- <laughs> I think it counts because he wasn't going to yeah. play
1: if he just stayed at Georgia. He was never going to play. But I'll, I'll put it to you like this. Duck fans, a lot of them were sounding like two years ago when it was announced that Bo Nicks was transferring. Listen – and and I, and I honestly I think I think Dylan Gabriel is better than Bo Nix was at Auburn right now, so um, I, I feel agreed. pretty good, bro. I feel pretty good. Like he's he's gonna improve with this team and with this with this coaching. He's gonna be here all spring. He's gonna get the chemistry with the wide receivers and the o line and all that. We're gonna be fine, man. Like I got like look, I'm not saying we're gonna go out here and win the Natty. My my expectation is fringe playoff team next year, and that's in the twelve team playoff. I think we are fringe playoff team. Not saying we're gonna make the twelve team playoff, but I feel like we have an opportunity, and and I think Dylan Gabriel is good enough. And, and also, you gotta look at it like this: what other option is there? You gotta do what's best for your team. We didn't have a quarterback on the roster that was ready to go. Obviously, that's what the coaches thought, or else they wouldn't have took a transfer. And you gotta look at the transfer quarterbacks available. He's one of the best. Honestly to me, I would the only one that I would rather have is probably Riley Leonard and Riley Leonard was going to Notre Dame either way. There was no recruitment. It was just Notre Dame or you know, if that fell through then then we don't know. But it was pretty clear as soon as he hit the portal that he was going to Notre Dame. So you know, I know Cam Ward is out there. I know there's other quarterbacks out there. But I think we did the right thing by getting Dylan Gabriel, for real.
0: I think that's a completely fair take. Uh, any other transfer portal uh, news over there with Oregon?
1: With Oregon? Um, I mean, there's some players that left. None of them were really productive for us. Um and for guys that were taken, I don't think we have another commit yet. I think the only committed player is Dylan Gabriel so far. We have some guys visiting, um, two DBs from Mississippi State visiting. Um, another big one, Dante Moore took a visit to Oregon. So that was something that I was I was kind of half joking, but half not joking all year when the season was <laughs> going how it was for Dante Moore. Even before when he committed to UCLA, I was like, well, he's going to end up hitting the portal and end up going to Oregon anyway. So it seems like there's a pretty good chance that we also get Dante Moore. And I think that would be huge for us because it seems like he learned his lesson. He obviously went to UCLA because he knew that he was going to have a better chance to play. And there was probably a lot of NIL involved as well. So I think he learned his lesson. It didn't really go that well in the field. His confidence didn't really look that great, especially at the end. I think he had a lot of bad body language, um, so i think for for him it would be good to to sit behind a guy like dylan gabriel a guy with a lot of experience i mean this is year six for dylan gabriel and if he plays the full regular season he will have broken Bo Nix's record for the most starts in college so that's another thing it's just that experience we bring him back so we're gonna have even more than before and i think for dante It would be good to sit behind him. He would learn. He would have that that time to develop. That's something that he was was quoted on saying that he wants in a school going to a place to be developed. So I think it would be a good fit. I mean, he can go to Michigan, but I don't know if Michigan is the right place to really showcase your abilities as a quarterback. I think Oregon is a better option, honestly. Mm, I agree. I I, I know I'm an Oregon fan, but. You can't, deny, you can't deny what what Oregon quarterbacks have looked like over the years, or what Michigan quarterbacks have looked like over the years. So, yeah, I think I think that would be huge if we got Dante Moore as well.
0: All right, let's keep it moving. Colorado is a team that's made headlines over the past week and a half, two weeks since the portal has opened officially, um, adding a whole bunch of players, uh, specifically. To that, um, offensive line room. Um, let me see if I could find the list of them.
1: You think they're gonna be good?
0: I think he has the right idea. Uh, real quick, I got, I got, he, I he mean, Tyler anybody, Johnson,
1: anybody has the right idea, get better on the old line.
0: <laughs> well, let's talk real quick. Let's talk about it. He took Tyler Johnson. Uh, in the transfer portal from Houston. Uh, so uh, a tackle who has some starts for a program that plays in the big 12. Um, he took a tackle Terrell Timmons Jr. as well from NC state. And then um, two tackles from Kentucky Keaton and Destin Wade. Uh, not t- No, they're not tackles. I meant they're not tackles. I lied. I lied. Um, but he's a but he's a wide receiver. I'm at. Yakari Walker is the other lineman. And Matthew Bedford. So five offensive linemen. And then they recruited uh Jordan C in. All these guys are from schools that played in power five conferences, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve. It's not like he's taking guys from Yeah, he did take a a couple guards from UTEP, uh, one guard from UTEP and one guard from Indiana, but still, like, I think he's bringing in some actually solid offensive linemen. We knew, we, we didn't question could Colorado score when they actually gave Shador time. They have weapons. They also added Will Shepard, wide receiver from Vanderbilt, who was probably the best thing that Vanderbilt had in the past five years. Will Shepard's actual beast. Um, so he'll just add another weapon to that room. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to win 10 games, but
1: I think they'll be better. Yeah. I think they'll be, I think they'll be better. But I mean, you want to talk about something that's unsustainable building an offensive line through the portal is not sustainable. So I think, I definitely agree with that.
0: I think, I think this year it has to be done. Um, and I think, it it can be for one year, but you're right. That's not something that Dion can just get off. Yeah, and hopefully, do they every keep year.
1: that five star tackle and and they can build momentum and start recruiting a better alignment out of high school. Cause,
0: do you think he sticks? I don't know. Because that was a shock. Like he wasn't even in, Colorado wasn't even in his top five. There was a lot of smoke that he was going to commit to Tennessee the day of the day before. Everybody was saying Tennessee's the pick. Tennessee's the pick. And then all of a sudden. He shows up on Undisputed or whatever with Skip Bayless. Yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, I got to take the kid to we'll his word. Obviously, I don't know him, but signing day is next week. Um, yeah, we'll, so see. we'll see. We'll see. He, he definitely
1: is on Flip Watch, but, I mean, until then, this is all just he says, she says. So, for right now, right now, he's committed uh. to Colorado and – you know, hopefully, hopefully they could keep this momentum going and 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 build this thing because there's usually not a lot of good linemen in the portal. There's usually there's probably only one or two because the ones that are good are just gonna play at their school and they usually go to a good school in the first place. It's rare that that a lineman goes to a G5 school and pops off and and ends up being an NFL caliber old lineman. You see it more in the skill positions, maybe a wide receiver, a DB. Something like that, but O-linemen, I mean, there's a reason why they usually all come from from Bama, Georgia, SEC, Big Ten, from those conferences because that's just where all the best athletes go. And and there, there's way less athletic big people than there are athletic normal-sized people or small people. So it's the, like that position is just way more concentrated at the top. You know, there's a lot of schools with good wide receivers.
0: There's not a lot of schools with with great linemen. So, yeah. So we'll we'll definitely see as Colorado continues. I think they they have to finish with a pretty solid recruiting class as well. We'll see how they close on that end. They have got a couple commits over the past few days, like I mentioned, Jordan in. They got one from uh, Dre Miller, uh, one of the top athletes in the country. Um, I think he's mainly an offensive player, but. I don't know, maybe he plays defense for Dion and those guys. Um, and I feel like they they recently got somebody else out of high school as well, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But we'll see how they close. Um, but currently I do think they have the number one transfer class. Um, oh, brother. The number two don't transfer class. Don't get me class. started on the transfer
1: ranking. Don't get me started. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the number two transfer class, though, is Ole Miss. And Ole Miss, they have been making headlines um, and I think Lane Kiffin, man, he is really going all in. I think this year they they realize that um, they do have a shot, especially with the twelve team playoff coming in uh, the fold in twenty twenty four. They have a quarterback coming for his how many years is this now for Jackson Dart? A lot, um, but he's experienced, and it, it seems like that's that's the way to go right now in, in college football. Fifth year, six year quarterbacks, um, and um. Two losses last year were to, or this year were to Georgia and Alabama. Um, and I think they realized that they need some help, especially on the defensive end of the ball. Um, and they have kind of been an all in on that side of the ball in the portal. They grab Tyler Barron, uh, edge rusher from Tennessee. Um, safety to Marion McDonald, also um, from Tennessee. Princey Uman Milan. Edge rusher from um, Florida. He transfers to Ole Miss, so you can really tell they're trying to beef up that defensive line, get that pass rush going, especially when you're playing in the SEC. They got the safety, Key Lawrence, from Oklahoma. A corner, Tavion Nicholson from Indiana. Chris Poo Paul Jr., uh, a linebacker transferring from Arkansas. Um, another safety from Indiana, um, Lewis Moore. And then they took a guard, I believe, from – I'm not quite sure what team this is. But they also, I know, have some smoke with Walter Nolan, one of the top players in the country, defensive tackle formerly of Texas A&M. Like I mentioned before, I think if he transfers to Ole Miss, he'll probably be the biggest name to commit so far out of the portal. Um, As an interior D-lineman. I think Ole Miss, like I said, I think they're really trying to go all in next year. Lane's trying to shoot for a championship. You think they can do it with what the what they have if they can really beef up this defense and, and make it formidable?
1: Um, I mean, we got to see what, what Bama and Georgia look like next year. And Missouri's still recruiting really well. Yeah. I mean, the, the SEC is always going to be a gauntlet. You got Texas and Oklahoma going to be there next year. I think Ole Miss is trying to be a main player. And and they definitely have an opportunity. So I think they could. I don't know if they could win the SEC, but they could definitely be one of the better teams in the conference again.
0: Yeah, and and a little bit after we talk about the transfer portal, they want to talk a little bit about the SEC schedule release. Um, so we'll we'll go through their schedule in 2024. That that'll definitely be one of the teams that we look into really quick and we'll see if they have a shot cuz i i don't know what their schedule looks like next year in specific but um if you guys don't know um there is no more east and west so you're pretty much playing whoever so um I, I will i will be interested to see who they play on their schedule um speaking of the SEC though um, you mentioned Georgia um and and every time they have had a transfer so far it seems like there's uh a notification on my phone with a little message bubble saying mass exodus <laughs> um, <laughs> from, a, <laughs> from a certain um, account in our Twitter group chat. Uh, <laughs> I won't say any names, <laughs> but yeah, man, Georgia has had 15 players outgoing into the transfer. I think like six of them were former five stars. Um, What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I know this is kind of just – the new age of college football, um, especially at a school like Georgia, I would think this is pretty um, normal. These guys pretty much hoard five stars, which means that the competition within the team is probably pretty high. And uh, once you're on campus for a year or two, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can see if you're going to get play time or not, depending on who's in your room and who else is being brought in um, through the high school ranks as well as through the transfer portal. So I think a lot of these guys just kind of see the writing on the wall or just feel like maybe they could have a better opportunity elsewhere. Um, I don't think it's like a culture thing at Georgia or anything, but I will say that this is kind of unprecedented. Like this is not something that has existed in the past. that other, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The other powerhouses have had to deal with. In the past, right? Like, right now, um, the transfer portal is as relevant as mm-hmm. it's ever been. Um, Bama, like, Bama does, in LH, and everybody deals with it now, but, like, when Bama was building their dynasty for the past decade, right, um, they didn't have to deal with it as much as Georgia has to deal with it now in the midst of their dynasty. I'm not trying to give them excuses. Trust me. I'm a, I'm a Gator fan. I, I think this is actually healthy, <laughs> right? So Of course you do. Um, A lot of these guys, yeah, a lot of these guys are – are back into the playing field. And I think this is, like I said, I think this is healthy for college football. Georgia has a lot of good players on that roster. Now, a lot of these good players are going to be on other rosters making plays for a whole bunch of different teams. Um, I remember, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, just and, uh, on the whole transfer situation in general with, with Georgia, because I know it's been a big uh, talking point throughout.
1: Yeah, this uh, is the past probably going to be something you see more common nowadays. And I think most of those guys were not really starters or impact players from what I've seen. So, no,
0: a few, there's been a couple, but, but right. not I mean, enough.
1: I heard the one linebacker that left was, was losing his spot at the end of the year. Yeah, like, linebacker. That, that, that he was getting reps okay, taken. Okay. And so, I mean, yeah, I guess it is what it is, really. Um, I know Oregon has nine players that have entered the portal currently so and there's probably going to be some more I think we actually have 85 guys on scholarship right now assuming you know the the guys we think that are coming back are coming back and and all that so for every transfer we take somebody has to leave so I expect I expect us to to be maybe at around 12 to 15 guys that left when is when this portal window is over so yeah, and, and Georgia's going to be in the same boat. I mean, they're going to they're going to want to take somebody. Georgia's Georgia, Georgia. Yeah, they're, they're going to take, take who they changers, want. So, yeah, so, they they might need guys to to leave as well.
0: So, definitely, and I I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize or think about. Like, you need to have people transfer out because you're going to have people mm-hmm. transfer in, and because you're going to have to sign your recruiting yep. class. Like, you're only allowed a certain amount of scholarships every yep. single year. So, just how college football is now, unfortunately, guys are going to have. To leave in most cases maybe not and every single roster you're going to have to have like 20 guys leaving but um you're going to have a few guys leaving every year and in some cases it's going to be more than a few um let's go through some of these names real quick AJ Harris Marvin Jones Jr um Aluba Xavier Sori EJ Lightsley uh Nyland Green um Brock vandegrift transfer to Kentucky um, so yeah we'll see where a lot of these guys land so far um, I know one of these guys is with the Syracuse UNC another Syracuse Purdue SMU so biggest name so far I guess has went to Kentucky but yeah for the most part I don't think this is that bad for Georgia unfortunately as as much as I hope it was um, I think this is just Kirby doing some house cleaning um, no disrespect to these players. Obviously, I don't know everybody's situation. So, um, Louisville, they've been making some noise in the portal um, as Didn't, of didn't late. some big running
1: back just commit um, to Louisville?
0: Yeah. Um, Don Chaney, former Miami running back, just committed to Louisville today. They also grabbed Ja'Cory Brooks, former Alabama yep. wide receiver, um, in the portal as well. Um Corey Thorin, cornerback from UCF. Um, Tyler Shuck also in yep. the portal as their quarterback. So um, Louisville tried to re-up, gain some more pieces, and try to make it back to that ACC title game next year and kind of write what was kind of wrong at Go the college? end of this year. Um, they've made some, yeah, I think they made some pretty good, solid moves so far. And We'll see. Obviously, Um, We'll see how they close with their recruiting class, what they add this year, Um, and then we'll see what they do in the spring cycle because people you need to remember as well, there's going to be another transfer portal window in the spring. A lot of people still need to graduate. Some people are graduating in the winter now, so it's easier for them to transfer. Some people have already graduated, so they can transfer whenever. Um, But there's going to be a lot of people that also want to test NFL waters that may not like the feedback they get that still may decide to transfer or that may go through spring practice and not like how that works out and decide to transfer then. So um, I do think there is still going to be a whole lot of movement left, um, not only within the next month or so before the portal closes, but um, in the future as well. Um, who else? What other teams have been making noise? Anybody that else that's state. been coming to your – yeah, Arizona State. Uh, let me pull up their portal class really quick, see what they're doing. Um, yeah, you're right. They have it making some moves. Joey Sua, interior offensive lineman, coming from the SEC from Arkansas. Um, grab the linebacker, Zyrus Fiasu from San Diego State. Um, a tight end, Markiston Douglas from Florida State, corner. The Terrence Welch from LSU, some SEC blood, some Florida State players. So they're getting some players from some pretty good programs. Raleigh Brown, um, one of the star running backs for USC, also committed to Arizona State. Um, another linebacker, Jordan Crook from Arkansas. Um, safety Kamari Wilson, former five-star um, Florida player, is now over there at Arizona State as well. So. Yeah, man, they're truly loading up. They they've already taken twelve players in the in the portal. And a lot of them have played some big time Big Ten, SEC, Big Twelve football. Um we'll see what they do, man. Um think Dilly got a plan?
1: Yeah, I think he does. Yeah. And and the good thing about Arizona State is the only way is up. So they, they can't really do any <laughs> worse. Think. I think they're going to be in a weaker conference next year. Remember, no Texas or Oklahoma in the Big 12. So, I don't know. I think I think this is going to be a fun team to watch next year, man. But I got a question for you. What's up with your Florida Gators, man? Trevor Etienne in the portal?
0: Yeah, man. Um, that There were some rumblings um, after the season ended. Um, originally, reports were saying that he uh he just was frustrated he wants to win. So that's 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 what
1: the He's insiders to told
0: us. Don't know don't know how much people want He's to believe that, to but but yeah, that is that is the smoke. That is the smoke He's right now that Georgia. supposedly he is gonna be committing to Georgia. Um yeah, I mean it is what it is. As for Florida, that really doesn't affect Florida that bad. Obviously, Trevor Etienne was our best back um, but Montreux Johnson is rumored to be coming back um, we had a running back Cam Carroll um, from Tulane that transferred in to us last year that was hurt and never played a snap for us last year uh, he's also like a super senior so he's experienced he's a pretty good running back his name is um, Carroll his last name is Carroll I forget his name I'm sorry to the kid, but he's a pretty solid player. He looked good in the spring before he got hurt. Um, Trayon Webb was a pretty um, highly rated freshman and he, he looked good. We're bringing in Kanan Daniels um, and supposedly we're going to flip a running back from Arkansas. It's, up, it's It's I guess it's depending between us and Alabama right now for Jaden Ball. He's committed to Arkansas currently, but doesn't seem like that, that uh, commitment's going to stick. I think he's going to either wind up with Florida or Alabama. Not sure which one yet. I think it's going to be Florida. And then we're also um, potentially going to bring in a transfer at that position as well. So um, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll still be able to like get production out of the running back room. Uh, no one is as explosive as Trevor Etienne. No one has that quite that first step and that burst. So we're going to lose that for sure. That home run hitting ability. And I so I think that that will hurt us. Like we're not going to get better without Trevor ETN. Yeah. Right. Um, but I don't think we're going to get that much worse. Like it's, it, it'll be okay. Like, like if, if, if you guys didn't realize if, if um, Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne had the same exact yard, same exact carries, I think Trevor ETN averaged like barely, barely a yard more than Montreal Johnson, but there truly wasn't a big difference between the two statistically. And maybe that was just because of the amount of carries and touches they were both getting. But I truly just think that it's up to the offensive line. If the offensive line is going to give holes, pause. Um, Open holes, pause. Running back's going to run through them. Yeah. But, yeah, no, we haven't really done anything in the transfer portal so far. We brought in this Juco player, but that doesn't count the transfer portal. Um, Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: We'll see. I think Billy's going to bring in, like, one or two players now and then he'll do more of his work in the spring. I think he's more focused on um, closing on the recruiting class. And I think if you want, we can kind of transfer this conversation there. Let's run through um, the top 25 um, recruiting rankings currently as early signing day is uh, upcoming. I think it's Thursday, right? December 20th? Before
1: you say that, I just wanted to say Um,
0: there's still two –
1: big-name quarterbacks that have not committed yet. Well, really three, and that's Cam Ward Mm -hmm. was looking at Ohio State and Florida State, DJ O'Young of the Lay, who just took a visit to Florida State, and K.J. Jefferson, who Mm -hmm. just entered the portal today, I think, or yesterday. So, I -hmm. mean, what do you think, or what would you want to see from from those three guys?
0: So, I know Cam Ward and DJ, you both – just recently visited Florida State. I've heard that DJU was going to be the guy, but um, with Cam Ward visiting, that kind of shakes things up. I know Miami has been after Cam Ward, um, but I know Will Howard has also been a name. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. That he could visited potentially. USC, I think. Recently, okay, yeah, and I know he's. Um, I know he was supposedly. Uh, supposed to like visit Wisconsin, but then um, then Tyler Van Dyke, yeah, Tyler Van Dyke did commit to Wisconsin. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what winds up with Cam Ward and DJU. I know there's some Ohio State Cam Ward smoke there as well, and Ohio State still hasn't got their quarterback yet either. So, um, I think Cam Ward potentially will wind up there at Ohio State. Not quite sure. Um another name that you forgot to mention as well was Malik yep, Murphy. Yep. Um who had to enter. And that's that's such a strange situation. Like I was I was listening to um Josh Pate and man, he made such a good point with his whole Malik Murphy thing. And it was like it, Malik Murphy won two games yep. for Texas this year. Like without Malik Murphy, who knows? if Texas would be in the playoffs right now. I'm not saying like he's the reason they're in the playoffs, but he took over that offense. He kept them afloat. He scored points. He didn't self-destruct and implode. And he maintained Texas on course to where they are now. Without Malik Murphy, when Ewers goes down and and you turn to Arch Manning, who's a freshman, who knows what happens in those two games if if he gets to be 2-0 in that situation. And now...
1: Or well, the playoffs,
0: yeah. God forbid something happens to Quinn in the first quarter of the Sugar Bowl or whatever bowl they're playing in. Now you're looking at at Arch Manning in his first in his first yep. action, not first action because he's played some a little bit this year, but in his first serious action in a playoff game against Washington. Like
1: that's I mean, rough. This man. is why I think and bec- people. I don't know. This might be a classic case of not saying that Arch Mang isn't good, but this might be a classic case of them just going with Arch because of the name where you already have a guy that you think is better because he's number two on the depth chart. Correct. So why don't you say that he's next in line Mm -hmm. after uh, Quinn Ewers leaves?
0: So I don't know, man. We don't know that Quinn Ewers is leaving either. So that is true. If they go on a run, if Texas wins the natty, maybe he does. And then that kind of – and that's another point that that, that Pate made. He was like, if, if Quinn Uris leaves, now you have Arch Manning and nobody yep. else in your room. Yep. <laughs> like, so it's, it's, it's strange. I mean, I, definitely I'm happy for Malik Murphy because I think he's a talented quarterback, and I think um, he'll have a, a numerous amount of options. I know he, he was talking about taking this visit to Oregon State, Duke, Um, A few other places. I mean, I kind of joked about him being in induction Um, uniform before. So, yeah, you never know. I mean, (laughs) but you know, you guys got your your guy.
1: um, I think this also just brings me to the conversation of how messed up the college football calendar is. Like, the the portal should not be in the same time as bowl games and playoffs.
0: Bowl games and playoffs, yeah.
1: The season should end and there's no and need then the transfer portal opens and i know it's like that because they wanted to to be to be open so that guys can get in for spring semester so i don't know if we got to yeah. shuffle some things around with this with this season calendar or what but but something's got to change with this because it's just ridiculous
0: yeah so do you think do you think it'd be a good idea to maybe move the start of the season up a few weeks like maybe we start playing football the second week of august um and instead of playing the playoff games in January, the playoff games are pretty much done by January, and then you can take January for all this stuff and bowl games. And like, no one's gonna care to if you're skipping a bowl game to transfer. At least uh, the playoff will be done and all that. I don't know. Yeah, I
1: mean, I, I don't. Know. I mean, yeah, I, I guess people probably wouldn't want the season to be in August a lot, but. I don't know. It might be better for the sport. I mean, because the bowl games would be finished anyway if you just
0: move the whole season, and we w- and we wouldn't, and we wouldn't cut the off season shorter. We would just yeah, move, yeah. We would just shift everything. So, I mean, obviously, it's not that no. simple, <laughs> right? Because if it was, they no. would just do it. But um, that is an interesting point. I I would like to see what they could do about the the calendar, just to make it a little bit more friendly for for some of these guys and some of these teams because this situation um just sucks and it's not always like this obviously like it's not this is this is a rare situation i'm not gonna act like it's like this for all the time but in situations like this it is rough maybe i feel like if if you if you're a player that qualifies for for a team for uh if you're a player that qualifies for the playoff there should be like a legal tampering where you're allowed to enter the portal um where coaches are allowed to contact you and all that, but you're not like allowed to take any visits yet. But you have, so you have to stay with your team, and you're allowed to play in the playoffs, and then afterwards well, you, you allowed, can, I guess, report. You know you're your allowed campus. to play in a
1: bowl game if you're if you're in the portal, right?
0: Yeah, but Malik Murphy can't play with Texas. Yeah, that's in the just because
1: that's probably their own personal rule. It's really just up to the schools themselves if they want to allow. Yeah, is it? Yeah, because.
0: I wasn't the the pretense that that, that just wasn't no, you, you just weren't allowed. Then that's that's a that's a thing on yeah. Texas. That's like that's weird.
1: I think it was last year or the year before. Whoa, Mac Brown led strange. all his players that were leaving play in the bowl game <laughs> at North Carolina.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna i let me go off air. I'm gonna go onto the Texas message boards and well, read I some remember, threads or something. I got to I think it was last year. No, I believe you. That's just well. Like well sick. Actually,
1: Sark said himself that if you enter the portal, then you're not allowed back. Because you know how if you enter the portal, you can go back to your previous school. Sark yeah, said that if you go in a portal, he's mm-hmm. not taking you back. This was like this is an actual quote of him, of him saying that in the interview. Quote. So yep. it, it's also that
0: for him. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Uh, but yeah, we'll definitely have to keep an eye on this quarterback carousel. It'll be interesting to see where all these top guys land. I think this is an interesting quarterback class. I think we're going to get some some good play from some of these guys. Um, I mean, it's, it's been the trend, like you said. I mean, I've seen it even firsthand. Graham Mertz. I mean, the publications in the preseason, people were we, we were laughing like, why why would anybody ever take Graham Mertz as a quarterback? Like. People had him as the worst tra- 15, 15th out of fifteen. He was better than what you guys
1: had. And so had him- for your, for you perspective,
0: I understand. Bro, he was. Go look at his stats. He was. He was one of the best quarterbacks in yeah. the country. He had better stats than Jordan Travis. That's wild. <laughs> like he had twenty touchdowns to three interceptions, twenty five hundred yards, and he was like top ten in completion seventy 78- eight completion percentage or not 70 that's a lot but uh, 73 or something like that 72 like he was yeah (laughs) bonix was number one but he was 76 or 77 he was up there with i'm not even joking he was up there at bonix for majority of the season um i don't think is nfo quarterback or anything yet maybe next year he'll take that continue to take the next step but it just kind of feels like when when guys transfer especially when they're um Mm-hmm. experienced right I, I they had to have played at a at their other school not maybe had to but michael Penix, he was a starter at indiana bonix he was a starter auburn. at um at auburn uh Graham Mertz, he was a starter at wisconsin um so i think all the guys that are that were starters like riley leonard like cam award like dju and then I think they'll find success, or Will Rogers. I think they'll find success, man, with their new teams, as long as the teams.
1: Yeah, put it just them shows you position. the the situation really matters. It matters the most, like matters. Yes, Michael Penix is such right. a prime example of this man. I mean, he completely changed his play style from Indiana to to Washington, and and
0: yeah, he was like exactly. a true dual threat at Indiana. Now he's more like a stand in the pocket sharpshooter.
1: Man, dude's just a freaking beast. Good so. point. Hopefully the same thing. Ha- well, I guess not. Hopefully for me, but objectively, hopefully this happens <laughs> for World
0: Rogers. Yeah, we'll see. We'll definitely see. Um, right. Let's run through these recruiting rankings really quick. We'll just go through them now. Like I said, signing day is uh, later on this week, and we will be definitely be doing an episode for signing day because there's sure to be drama. There's sure to be flips. I'm sure somebody will flip from <laughs> Florida <laughs> on Thursday. Uh, <laughs> maybe two guys. Um, I don't know. We'll see, and it's not just be Florida. It's gonna be all over the country. We're gonna be seeing some crazy stuff. So, uh, we'll definitely have a an episode recapping it, um, and, and and updating the final recruiting rankings. Well, I guess there's still another signing day in February, so the final the final rankings won't be done until February. But most of the classes will be signed on ESD, and most of the recruits will be reporting to campus uh, next week as well, or in two weeks for most schools. So. Um, that's how it is nowadays. We're recruiting most, mostly everybody is signed now. And then February is the last batch of yeah. leftover players, not leftovers. Cause there's some, some really good guys that like to push their stuff back. Um, cause there's a lot of, uh, under armor, all American games and stuff like that in January and stuff that guys like to announce at. So we still will get some, some dudes then, but, uh, for the most part, I think most people will have their class wrapped up on yep. Thursday. Um, so, Georgia, of course, is at number one with 28 commits. They got four five-stars, 24-stars, and four three-stars, an average recruiting ranking of 93.55. This is according to 247 Sports, by the way. Um, Ohio State is at number two with 23 commits. They have five five five-stars, 13 four-stars, and four three-stars with the average recruiting uh, recruit of a point. 10, Florida State is all the way up to number three um, with 23 commits. They have two five-stars, 15 four-stars, and six three-stars with a 91.94 average. Now, real quick, I want to mention Florida State. As much as it pains me to say this, this is pretty impressive. Mike Norvell, I think the biggest thing that has been his downfall um, was his high school recruiting I think, obviously, Mike is pretty well-known and um, well-respected for his um, offensive-minded on-field strategy. Like He is a pretty good coach when it comes to that. Um, And he has been killing it in the portal as well. Uh, But now to see Florida State all the way up here with a third-ranked class in the country, that's definitely pretty dangerous. Um, Florida is just a very um the state of Florida is just a very talented state and any school that can recruit really well um in that state can compete against any team in the country so we're really going to have to look out for Florida state in the future man i think they're building something um over there in the ACC and there is some smoke man man i know we've been laughing and making jokes about them and that lawsuit but supposedly they're they're really trying to sue somebody, and not for money, but to get out of that that arm of rights that we were talking about in the offseason. And if they're able to get out of that, they can leave the ACC and join the Big Ten. Everybody can get out of the ACC actually, because if they're able to break it, then I think everybody's, it just breaks or something like that, supposedly. So, that's the smoke. We'll see. Let's continue to do the rankings, though. Unless you have anything to say about Florida State. No, that's it, man. Alabama, they're at number four. They have 21 commits, three five-stars, four stars, six, three stars, with a 92.71 average uh, ranking. Florida, um, they have the fifth-ranked class with 20 commits, three, five stars, 11, four stars, and six, three stars, with a current 92.32 average. A lot of smoke behind Xavier Filsami, um, one of Florida's current five stars. He's a safety out of Texas. A lot of smoke that he may flip to Texas. Um, A couple picks have already been put in for that flip to happen. Amaris Williams, another highly rated four-star committed to Florida, um, has had a couple picks submitted for him to flip to Auburn. There's been some smoke there. Ohio State's involved in that one as well, I believe. Maybe not as much as they were once. Um, But, yeah, I think he might flip to Auburn. Um, So we'll see. If those two guys leave Florida's class, I do think that might drop them towards like the edge of the top ten. I don't know where that'll put them exactly, but that will definitely be a hit to Florida's class. That was once ranked in the top uh, three. What
1: if DJ Lagway? Now
0: DJ Lagway is going to be on campus next week, bro. But if you were to flip,
1: (laughs) he's not on um, football.
0: Billy might, Billy might be fired. (laughs) He's not on football. No, no, DJ Lagway is on campus right now, as we speak. As we speak, he is on campus. (laughs) <laughs> be, being a Gator <laughs> and he's signing on Thursday and he will be on he'll be back on campus a week after that to begin his career as a Florida Gator so no nah, I it capped. it's not a, it's not one week after that earlier he's enrolling. in what January
1: yeah they enroll in January but some so people be, are actually participating in the bowl practices I know that for for some Oregon players yeah a lot so of, they, a lot of uh,
0: Florida has, has has done that yeah, for they, plenty you know, of years we got yeah. guys coming in right now so yeah, so um we'll see. I don't know exactly when did he will get on campus, but he'll be on campus fairly soon. So he's not he's on early Flip enrollee. Watch. I know that. All right. No. He is not on flipwatch. You you know no, something I'm I don't? He's on flipwatch? What do you know? Like what do you know? Like I don't like what do you know that I don't? Like, you might know something. Like if you like I, if you know I don't something know you should tell me, but like
1: I don't know I don't anything. know anything. I'm just saying.
0: Like <laughs> I mean I mean, there are people that are recruited. I mean, he is being recruited. <laughs> Texas A&M and Houston and and, and, I don't and even some know other why people, Houston's but trying. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's from Texas. DJ Lagway's a he's one of those guys. Like, he's committed to Florida, bro. Like, <laughs> like if <laughs> like he can commit to Houston, that would that wouldn't shock me. If you're committed to Florida, who hasn't had a winning season in three straight years? But he knows that, and he's down for that. I, I, DJ Lagway's a Gator. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident in that. I mean, I gotta see him. I gotta see the. I, well, I'm not gonna see the paper signed, but the paper got to be signed. He got to be on campus, and then I'll, I'll truly know he's a Gator. <laughs> but all signs are pointing to him, to him being a Gator, and we'll see what Phil Sami and, and Amaris Williams and, like I said, Florida's also looking to to, to flip Jaden Ball from Arkansas. Um, Jameer Grimsley is also another corner committed to Alabama that we've been working on trying to flip. If we can get those two guys committed, um Xavier Mencey is a corner that's currently uncommitted that we're after. I think it's like between us and Miami. Florida still got a chance to finish within that top three, despite being five and seven. So we'll see. We'll see. Texas, they're at number six. They have 21 commits, three, five stars and 15, four stars. Three three stars with a 91.99 average ranking. Miami, they're at seven with 26 commits. They have one five star, 11 four stars, and 13 or 14 three stars <laughs> with a 90.16 average ranking. Oklahoma has uh, the eighth spot locked up right now with 28 commits. They have two five stars, 17 four stars, and nine three stars committed with a 90.75 average. Oregon is at number nine with the 23 commits. They have one five-star, 18 four-stars, and four three-stars with a 91.60. So Oregon's below Oklahoma and Miami um, in the rankings, but they actually have a higher overall average recruiting ranking. So the average player is better um, in Oregon's class, but I guess Oklahoma and Miami just have more
1: they probably have more overall guys, commits
0: yeah. than you guys. So, they guys, yeah. yeah, they do. They have Oklahoma has 28 and Miami has 26. So, um, Notre Dame, they're at number 10 with 23 commits, one five star, 15 four stars, and seven three stars with a 91.37 average um, ranking. Auburn's at 11, 20 commits, two five stars, 12 four stars, six three stars with a 91.70 average um, player rating uh lsu at 12 27 commits 0 5 stars 18 4 stars 9 3 stars with a 90.36 player average penn state at 13 uh, with 25 commits no five stars um tennessee at 14 with 19 commits and two five stars clemson at 15 uh with 18 commits and two five stars um Michigan's all the way down here yeah. at sixteen, man. They have twenty six commits, that. no five stars. Like, uh, talk to me, man. Like, how are you in the playoffs back to back years? I was years about to say, look, like man.
1: Where's all the Big Ten teams? It's freaking Ohio State at number two, and then us at number nine, and then there's no one else <laughs> yeah. until you get to Michigan at sixteen, and then US. USD at we 17. got Penn State, yeah, Penn State that's
0: true, that's true. At, at 13. Penn State's at 13, but outside of them, yeah. like Does Penn State even count? That's... <laughs> I guess. I Penn mean, Penn State hey. is just. Be careful. Be careful because they're going to line your ass up soon enough. I don't
1: think we so play them next year. But... Be careful
0: with how you speak about it. Eventually, though. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I all the same We're conference. not ducking that smoke, smoke forever not
1: I'm just saying that Penn State. <laughs> They just beat all the bad teams, and they always lose yeah. to Michigan Ohio State. So are they also <laughs> going to lose to
0: Oregon and Washington and USC when they play them as well? Oh, we'll see. We shall see. That's the beauty of it, man. 2024 is going to be a fun year. We're going to see a lot of new matchups and a lot of new rivalries uh, form. But let's keep it running. Um, USC, they're at 17 with... 19 commits, they don't have any 5-stars. South Carolina, they're at 18 with 17 commits. They have two 5-stars. I thought stars. USC
1: was a better job than a lot of his jobs. Why don't we have no 5-stars? We got a 5-star.
0: What does USC being a good job have because to do should, with If it's such a good stars. job,
1: then all the good players should want to go there.
0: <laughs> the players ain't working there. <laughs>
1: That's what makes it a good job is being able to get good players easily.
0: Oh yeah,
1: I mean, um, we got a five star. Yeah, I got a five it, star. Where's, yeah. where's all the five stars we got three. going? In, like nobody want to play football in California. <laughs> What's going on?
0: <laughs> see, see, that's the thing. I think they do. I, I do think they do. I just don't think they want to play football for a certain yeah, somebody. Lincoln. I didn't say it. <laughs> uh, South Carolina, they're at eighteen. With seventeen commits. Look, they even got two five South stars. Carolina always um, got a five star Mi- <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, Cause it's just a good state. Yeah, so they yeah. just have their own guys like stay at home. And every every few years they're gonna have those like really talented guys that just stay stay home. Um Ole miss. Um they're at nineteen with twenty one commits. They don't have any five stars. That's the thing, man. Lane Kiffin, I, we, we talked about Ole Miss earlier. They are loading up with the portal. They're kind of doing what Florida State did this year, um, going all in, spending a bunch of money in the portal, bringing in a whole bunch of old guys and, and taking a shot at the natty. And I think it pays off for the year. But if you're not going to recruit, that's the thing. Florida State has the third-ranked class of the country right now. They're, they're going to bring in some ballers, and they're going to they're going to maintain that. Um, after next year, after 2024, and all these guys that you're bringing in leave, what's the what's – What's gonna What's going to look like at Ole Miss? So I still have my question marks about Ole Miss uh, – about um, Lane Kiffin, to be honest. I know a lot of Gators fans want him as their, their head coach, but I don't think Lane Kiffin's going to be the answer. Um, A&M, they're at 20. Uh, they have 14 commits. They lost a whole yeah. bunch um, since um, Jimbo's been fired and Alco's been hired. Um, but still – they do have um, two five stars and their average player ranking or player average uh, player rating is 92.43, which would put them all the way up at number three. If we went by ratings or not number four, if we went by ratings, they'd have the number four class. Um, so they got some good players still left in that class. It so just, who's going to stick, who's going to stay. Um, and, and who can they add um, in this final week before early signing day? Texas Tech, they're the 21st 21 cl- 21 overall class with 22 commits. They even got a five-star. Wait a minute. Um,
1: you Nebraska. telling me Texas Tech got a five-star and USC
0: don't? Yo. Yeah, uh, Texas Texas Tech got I'm that wide receiver, Micah Hudson. I'm never letting them live this down uh, if
1: they don't finish this class with a single five-star, bro. Because all I got to hear. Yeah, I don't even know who USC is All in it with I hear right from now. you people is USC is a top five job. USC this. USC that. Bro, they haven't won a damn thing in 15 years. When was the last time USC won anything? They never won the Pac 12. They won it like <laughs> one time in the, in the entire history bro, you, of
0: Pac 12. Bro, you got it all wrong. Bro. bro, you got it all wrong, bro. Well, first off, you got it right. What you just said is right. But here's where you're wrong, bro. No matter how <laughs> trash the results on the field are, bro, no matter how ass they may be, that still doesn't take away from the, the allure no. of the job. That is still All right, time a to premier start brand in Los Angeles, California, it, in sunny. <laughs> I mean, they just got to get the I right guy in there. That's just another case.
1: They need somebody that's real to come. <laughs> Come fix this because this is
0: crazy. I mean, I'm just saying, like, why wouldn't you want to work? At, like, if you're a coach, why wouldn't you want to work at USC? That's how you know what's a good job and what's a bad job. Like, for example, if I'm a coach, I don't want oh, to go take know. that Vandy job. I'm gonna just go be the. I'm gonna go be the defensive coordinator at Penn State.
1: You will, and you will get a Fuck head it. coaching job off of it, just like uh, Manny Diaz did. <laughs> Manny.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly, right? I don't wanna I don't wanna go be the coach at I or I don't know, bro. Or tech, Georgia Tech. Like I wanna be the coach at USC because I know what I could do with USC. It's just they're not doing it.
1: I just don't understand Florida. Why I mean, I know a big reason why. Just, yeah, like a big reason why this man Lincoln just refused to, to like, improve the defense for years. Maybe he (laughs) finally is now, but I don't know, man. I don't know. But go
0: ahead. North Carolina, they're at 23 with 27 commits. Kentucky's at 24 with 20 commits. And Wisconsin's at 25 with 20 commits to round out our top 25. None of those guys had five stars. Um, that is our current top 25 we'll see how much that changes by the end of this upcoming week um we'll review it we'll talk about all the big names that sign as well um so yeah make sure you guys tune in for the next episode for that but yeah let's talk now about this um sec schedule for 2024 let me find let me find a graphic First off, while I'm searching this graphic, do you have any any thoughts? Any thoughts on what
1: the SEC the, Bro, the, the schedule in general? Freaking gauntlet.
0: Um, before I,
1: it's actually insane. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be a lot of teams that used to go on bowling that ain't gonna be going bowling. All right. Let me see. Let me see. Let me
0: see. All right. So, got them all up here. Um, and yeah. Like you said, a lot, a lot of interesting games. Texas
1: Texas A and M um, is going to be back. See if I can
0: open this. If I remember correctly,
1: they made all the the uh, former Big Twelve teams play each other. Like, like A and M is going to be playing Texas. Play I think Texas other. is going to be playing Missouri and stuff like that.
0: That that is good, and we and we do need that. Um, but my first overall thoughts, um. Texas, man, they got it quite easy for their first year being in the uh, SEC. I mean, they play Georgia and Florida, uh, but they play both of those games in Austin. Um, They're going to play Oklahoma, but they play Oklahoma every single year. Um, They got to go to Michigan and Ann Arbor, but that's not an SEC game. Um, They they, they play Mississippi State at home. Uh, They play Kentucky at home. And then they go to Arkansas and A and M. So A and M, obviously, um, like you said, they're rekindling that rivalry. That's that's a game that both of those teams have been ducking for quite some time. Um, and playing in College Station at the at the 12th Man Kyle Field, that's definitely going to be a tough environment to play in. But we're not really sure how good A and M is going to be next year in Elko's first year. Like we're not really having the highest expectations. So it just kind of feels like Texas, you know, they kind of got key? easy. No Bama, no LSU. I might have to be not like an A&M fan,
1: but I might have to root for A&M, bro. I mean, look, yeah. the only thing, the only reason why A&M was funny to root against was because of Jimbo. Like, before that, they were just irrelevant. They were just a team yeah, that I would see true. on TV sometimes, but they never won anything, but they were usually never terrible. So they're just kind of there. But now that they got the New Jersey legend Mike Elko as they it. I'm going to rock with him, bro.
0: Yeah, gotta go for it. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I mean, it, it's gonna be a tough, tough year for them in his first year. Let's let's go through their schedule. Yeah. I mean, they open up week one in College Station, Notre Dame. Um, that's gonna be a big game. Um, and then week two, they're back at home against Michigan State and Jonathan Smith and his new team. They'll see Aaron, uh, Aaron Childs, Aiden Childs, um, and in and, and his first. Action against an SEC opponent. Um, and then they're on the road after that in Gainesville in the swamp. They gotta come to Florida and play us. Um, then they really get their first, I guess, true break. So they play three power five schools, Notre Dame, Michigan State, Florida, start off the year. Then they play Bowling Green um at home, low cupcake. Then after that, they go um to Dallas. No, they don't play in this in Dallas. They play this in Arlington. Uh they play they play Arkansas and Arlington. Um, in the big rivalry game that they play every year, and then they play Missouri, um, who's going to be looking really good next year. Uh, By week, then they have a three-game stretch of Mississippi State on the road. That should be a pretty easy one. LSU, and then South Carolina, two tough games. Then they have New Mexico State. Should be a cupcake, but New Mexico State obviously popped Auburn this year. We know about so that. they
1: y'all still playing these, and then speaking these of Auburn, they go to, in November? I mean, oh A&M is,
0: but Florida's not. And then they play Auburn and Texas to finish out the year. So that's not the easiest schedule. I mean, they got a couple cupcakes in there. They they play Mississippi State as well, and they play Arky. But, um, man, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to see them win. Eight games with the schedule. Yeah,
1: it's gonna be tough, but honestly, like I feel like that's um, real big, though. Like, like if you're from where we're from, and you end up being like the head coach of Texas A&M or any school of that caliber, I feel like that's that's real big.
0: Definitely, um, it' real big for sure. Um, Oklahoma, let's let's look at their schedule because I'm interested to see, uh, what their schedule looks like. As they enter the SEC, they open up the season with Temple, Houston, and Tulane. Oh. And all those games are in Norman. Oh. Okay. Then they play Tennessee in Norman. Uh, Then they go to Auburn. uh, By week, Texas, South Carolina um, in Norman. Ole Miss in Oxford. Maine and Missouri in Columbia. Then they get Bama and Norman, and then they got to close with LSU and Baton Rouge. Wow. So closing with Alabama, LSU is definitely tough. Uh, But they get Alabama at home. It seems like most of their games are at home this year. So Oklahoma seems like they kind of got it a little bit easy um, in their schedule this year as well. Um, Missouri, another team. A lot of people were complaining that they might have the easiest schedule. Uh, They played Murray State, Buffalo, Boston College, and Vanderbilt to open up the year. All those games, by the way, are at home. Um, Then they have a bye week after those four (laughs) treacherous games at home. (laughs) And then they have a trip to College Station, Texas A&M, which will be maybe a tough place to play, but we don't know how good Texas A&M is going to really be. Um, And they play UMass, uh, Auburn, but that's back in Columbia. And then they have to go to Alabama. That's tough, uh, obviously. And then they have a bye week. Again, then they get Oklahoma at home. Um, then they go to South Carolina, they go to Starkville to take on Mississippi State, and then they're back home against Archie. So yeah, that that's a pretty nice schedule for Missouri. It sets up for a big year for them.
1: Ten wins again?
0: Potentially, man. I mean they get they get Alabama and Tuscaloosa. You can mark that down as a loss. Um and then outside of that, everything else is winnable. Oh. <laughs> For them to ain't playing on the road at AM is going to be tough. Um, playing at South Carolina is going to be tough. Um, Oklahoma playing um, playing Oklahoma should also probably be tough as well. But those are also three games they can win just because they're tough. doesn't mean, they can't win those. So, yeah, 10 wins, 11 wins potentially for Missouri. We'll see. Uh, we talked about Ole Miss earlier. Let's take a look at their schedule because I was excited to see what these guys got going on. They start the year with Furman in Oxford. Then they play Middle Tennessee in Oxford. So two cupcakes to open up the year for Lane Kiffin. Uh, that's that's favorable for them. I mean, they're trying to make a playoff push in a, a natty run. This helps them. Then they play Wake Forest in Winston-Salem and Georgia Southern. So the first four games are absolute
1: I might have to go to that game at Cupcakes.
0: Yeah. At Wake. Might be a a good one to check out to see Ole Miss play because that's going to be a pretty fun team next year. Um, Then they play Kentucky and Oxford. Um, So that'll be a good one, um, depending on how good Mark Stoops and those boys are. Then they have to travel to Columbia to take on South Carolina. And then they travel to Baton Rouge to take on LSU. So that stretch right there, Kentucky, South Carolina, LSU, that's going to be a big one um, after those first four games. and they get a bye week, and they're playing Oklahoma um, and Oxford at home. And they go to Fayetteville to take on Arkansas. And they play Georgia at home in Oxford. Um, tough little through game stretch. We'll see about Arky. Not really expect that much from them. Then they could beat Oklahoma as well. That Georgia game is going to be a big one um, at home. And they get a bye week and they travel to Gaines, Vegas to take on my Gators. And then they end the year with the Egg Bowl as usual. So they get LSU, Oklahoma, Georgia. That's probably the big three on their schedule: um, Kentucky, South Carolina, and Florida can potentially give them some issues as well as Oklahoma. Or I guess I mentioned them in the big three. So, what you thinking for Ole Miss' schedule? Ten wins, eleven wins. That Georgia game is a question big mark. Question mark. Um, outside of that, LSU is the only other one that I'm. I think that I think they'll be favored in all those other games. I don't know if they'll be favored against LSU, but they'll be favored against pretty much everybody else. I'd assume. I don't know though. Oklahoma, it's gonna be maybe tough, be. man. Awesome.
1: I don't know if anybody's really going eleven and one next year. I feel like everybody's going to be ten and two. This is this is crazy because you just when you're playing this many games that are tough, there's always the potential to drop one. These are these these. I mean, there's still yeah. twelve games. There's these are still eighteen to twenty two year olds. It's just tough,
0: man. And and that that brings up a good point that I want to that I want to kind of discuss um
1: I mean somebody has to lose like like all these good teams are playing against each other so I don't I mean even if a team like Georgia like I don't know if they're going to be able to get through this gauntlet unscathed
0: like no I mean I, that's that's what I that's what I want to do real quick um go through Florida and Georgia schedules because those are the two toughest schedules I mean we just went through like four or five different team schedules and we didn't even talk about Florida and Georgia and those yeah, two schedules your schedule are is absolutely insane because your non-con insane.
1: is just is, you probably have the toughest non-con in the country.
0: It's brutal. It definitely is brutal. But I mean Georgia's Georgia schedule is no different. I mean they open up the year they open up the the year with yeah. Clemson week 1. That's going to be a banger. Um, in a neutral site. Then the yeah, then they have a break uh against Tennessee Tech at home. Uh, But then they travel to Lexington, Kentucky uh, to take on the Wildcats. And obviously Georgia should wax that ass, but that's an SEC game. Then right after that, they get a bye week, and they play Alabama and Auburn back-to-back. They have to go to Bama, and then they get Auburn at home, but that's still tough back-to-back. And then, yeah, you get a little bit of a break with Mississippi State at home, but then you're on the road after that to Texas. Then you get a bye week. And you get a three-game stretch that is just absolutely brutal. You get Florida, which maybe isn't as brutal, but that's a neutral site game against your biggest rival. You get Ole Miss on the road, and then you get Tennessee. That game's in Athens, but still going to be a tough stretch after two games What's the against Tennessee Florida and Ole miss. miss. Then you close um, Nico Imavelia or something like that. Yeah. I'm his first name is Nico. I, 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 I want to pronounce I wanna, his last name.
1: I want to see him.
0: Yeah, he's pretty good.
1: So that that could be a banger.
0: Yeah, and then they uh, then Georgia closes with UMass and Georgia Tech. So that's that's a tough ass schedule, man. And then Florida, like you mentioned, super tough non-con. We open with Miami, um, in Gainesville at least. Then we play Sanford and Texas A&M after that. All three of those games are going to be in Gainesville. Yes. Then we take a trip to Stark Vegas to take on Mississippi State. Well, then we'll have our first bye week. We'll take on UCF, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Um, we have to travel to Tennessee. The other two games will be in Gainesville. Then we'll have our second bye week before playing. Oh, just a brutal, brutal November. Probably the toughest five game stretch any team has had to play ever. We get Georgia and Jacksonville on November second. Then on November 9th, we travel to Texas to take on Arlington. Then Florida's back in Gainesville on November 16th to play LSU. Then they're home again on November 23rd against Ole Miss. And then they're on the road to end the season in Tallahassee to take on Florida State on November 30th. So, yeah, that's just absolutely brutal November five-game stretch don't know how we're going to survive that shit but
1: do you think y'all go bowling with that
0: schedule yeah, i've man. asked
1: you this a bunch of times and i'm probably going to ask you a bunch more because
0: this is crazy so, bro so that five game stretch is is crazy um that's that's where it's going to be decided i think i think there's a chance depending on what florida does they can they can win a lot of the early games in the in October and September, they can beat Miami. They can beat Sanford. They could beat a Texas A&M yeah. team with their first year head coach, not first year head coach. Cause Elko has been a new, has, has been a head coach, a successful one at that, obviously. And um, that's the thing too, with A&M, it's not like they're getting some brand new mm-hmm. head coach. They're getting a successful head coach. And he's been at A&M before as well, but that's still a wonderful game. We could be A&M. we could beat Mississippi state on the road. Like Florida is not great. Like Florida state could also lose all these, all these games as well. Right. So they're not going to be favored in any of these games, yeah. but. Yeah, a lot of teams we don't know win. what they're going
1: to look like. Like we don't really um, know what Florida State's going to look like. They don't even have their quarterback. Um, I know they I know, we just talked about Cam Ward and DJ lay visiting, but I mean I think those teams look really different depending on which one of them chooses them, and or if none of them chooses them, we don't know what's going to happen. So, like Florida State, you don't really know. Obviously, Texas A and M, you don't really know. I mean, we don't really know about a lot of these teams that that how they're going to look next year. We don't know how Georgia's going to look next year. So,
0: no, we don't. Same with Miami. We don't know exactly. what, what Miami's quarterback situation is. Kentucky has Brock and Vandegrift. So we, coming we in. We know, don't know Miami how, that, that guy is be,
1: like exactly. So you can't bad. really just chalk it off as an automatic W, especially for Florida. But no, definitely can't. I, I don't. Know. I'm not really. I don't, I'm not really confident in Miami. <laughs> But, you know, you know how I am about Miami, so.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can't trust Mario. Like, like, All right, but this brings me to two questions for you. First one, do you think the SEC still needs nine SEC games after looking at these schedules?
1: Yeah. Because. Oh, but, it's, but Seriously? Here's the thing. Here's the thing, bro. There's no way stop scheduling freaking freaking Michigan and and all these other teams in the non-con. Like george like a lot of these teams shouldn't even what? be scheduling in the non-con. But because because here's the thing, like
0: no, we no, want you the non the whole point. But we don't want to and We're not good. We're not guaranteed that. But we're guaranteed these home That's and homes. True.
1: But here's the thing, like when you oh, have a conference sites. that that has like 16 teams in it, when you only play 8 games a year, you're not even playing the conference. You're going to go multiple years without playing some of the teams that are in the conference. So I think
0: oh, Yeah, but that's that's what happens when you play in a big-ass yeah, conference. Yeah, I conference. know, I'm not used to it yet. I'm not used to it yet. And then and then here's and then here's my other question. All right. Well if we are if if you really do think we have to play 9 te- 9 uh 9 SEC games are you also going to agree that four loss SEC teams should make the playoffs maybe oh my five loss SEC teams should make the playoffs you
1: would say a five loss you would say a five what you're team
0: should go to the playoffs I mean, bro bro there's there is a le- there's a legit there's, a there's legitimate no chance no chance
1: there's no chance because Not a bro, chance. in the current format in the bro, but current there is, there format is-
0: there is a there is a world in the twelve. In the there's a world, world in the twelve team only, playoff where there's an SEC team that loses and a lot you know, of a power four champions, wins champions a lot of g- games get an auto buy and finishes an eight and bid. four. It's
1: power four champions get bro. an auto bid, and the the top group of five team gets an auto bid. That's already five teams. Teams that lose five games
0: that's, that's are not because That's a, like you a said. Team
1: like, the Big 12, like, whoever loses the Big 12 title game will get in the, Will get in over a five-loss SEC team. Because that team's going to have, like, an 11-1 record. They will get in.
0: All I'm saying is if the SEC has moved to nine SEC games, we will be starting to see SEC teams with four losses. And maybe even... a. We might even see a 7-5 and team in the playoffs yeah. one of these. In years, this depending format, on how things happen.
1: You're not getting a 7-5 and
0: in a playoff. saying, don't sleep. You
1: want that to happen. All right, let's, you uh, let's want run Florida through. Be- no,
0: I, don't, I don't need <laughs> nothing, bro. I don't need nothing. I don't want nothing, bro. I don't you, want nothing. You bro. just <laughs> won an
1: SEC playoff. 2020 was the opportunity to see an SEC playoff because
0: they I were just going to play don't. their own I've seen. Anyway. I've seen enough SEC playoffs.
1: Regardless of what of the other <laughs> conferences did, the SEC was going to have their own championship. So. That was your opportunity to see just an SEC national champion.
0: SEC wins the national championship every year. They're going to win it again this year. So I don't know. I'm only, I feel like watching. There, well, might
1: there's only one team special. that's technically in the SEC right now. So
0: there's two. There's two. We're claiming if right, Texas wins, if Washington we're
1: wins, it. wins. Well, I'm not claiming it, but Big Ten. <laughs> I mean, that's see. Cool. That's the <laughs> problem with y'all. Uh, y'all don't even I mean, really. So, y'all, y'all just be. Room for whoever, like uh, you, not, room, room you for mean, whoever? For whoever. Why do we, Why are you claiming a championship that Alabama win Oh, SEC. I'm
0: not claiming it. I'm just Y'all, saying the SEC. Won Alabama the won it.
1: Vandy didn't win it. Vandy and the SEC too. Claim them. Claim them being ass. Claim that.
0: <laughs> we claim do. Vandy. Unfortunately, huh? we do. <laughs> That's a little bro, bro. Leave a little bro out of this shit, man. Man, ain't do nothing to you, bro. Yo, ain't do nothing candy. to nobody, bro. That's
1: all I'm I, saying. If you're going to claim man, somebody
0: man. else's championship, you got to claim somebody else going 0-12. We say this and then we just dominate bowl season. We dominate oh the playoffs. God. It's just the best league. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, bro. I'm not rooting for anybody. Y'all got blasted in league. the non-con. And therefore, and therefore, in the and therefore, and therefore it makes my team better. It just makes for my team in the best The team.
1: ACC beat y'all, bro. The ACC beat brother,
0: y'all. Brother, brother, right now you're talking bowl season is upon us. It's time for the SEC well, to Pats get
1: 12 12 back. Well, pac just got a W just now. So.
0: Okay, they did. Let's talk a little bit about these, some of these bowl games coming Are you up excited for um, this week. Like I said, we probably won't be – I mean, if, some of them this week, no. There's like two of them I wanted to talk about truthfully. But some of the bowl games, definitely. Um, and I don't want to go through all of them right now, obviously, because that's just way too much. Uh, back When we come back on Thursday or Friday, whenever we record our um, uh, signing day episode, we'll talk about some more of these games because some of the other ones will have already passed. But I am actually excited for some of them. I I won't lie. Um, But um, like, for example, Saturday, a week from today, Troy is taking on Duke. Um, Obviously, Duke did not end the season how they wanted to. Mike Elko has also left that program. Um, Many Diaz is the head coach, but it's not like he'll be out there coaching them um, for this game. But I do think it'll still be interesting to see that Duke team or the, what's left over of it to play against this Troy team that has been whooping everybody's ass in the Sun Belt. Um, they won the Sun Belt, if you didn't know. Well, you knew, but to our listeners, if y'all didn't know, they won the Sun Belt. So I think that Troy versus Duke matchup is going to be pretty, pretty interesting because I think Duke is a very physical team. Especially up front. So it'll be cool to see how Troy, a group of five teams, stacks up in the trenches against Duke, a team that is pretty good in the trenches. Um, And both of these teams, um, Troy's strength is their offense. Duke's strength is their defense. So I think it'll be cool to see those two uh, match up against each other. Troy's running back, um, Kamani Vidal. But he ran for like four touchdowns in the – conference championship game or five touchdowns, or something like that. So it'll be cool to see him against Duke. Georgia tech plays UCF on Friday. I think that's going to be a sneaky, good bowl game as well. Georgia tech um, is a team that uh, we've talked about a a few times this year. Their offense is pretty high power, to be honest, um, which is funny to say after Georgia tech being known for that triple option all those years, Finally got rid of that and actually started to run real pro style spread, um, actual offense. And Haynes King coming over from Texas A and M put together a pretty decent year, throwing for twenty six touchdowns. I mean then UCF, they were a team that was struggling for majority of the year, but they were kind of searching to end the year and were able to get that bowl eligibility. And UCF is favored in this game by four and a half points. Um so, yeah, man, I think that'll be Georgia an interesting Texas one. Bowling, um, and then, I think for sure, yeah, we watched yeah, them actually we week one. We actually watched them together play Louisville. That was a game. That was, that was a game. game. UTSA they play Marshall on Tuesday. Um, UTSA is a twelve point favorite. Um, I don't know much about Marshall this year, um, but it'll be cool to watch UTSA play um, as they're just a, a fun team to watch most weeks. That's going to be one I'll be tuned into as well. Um, and then um, Saturday at three thirty, man, James Madison—they're eligible, man. We we were we were hoping, we were praying that this was so going Jacksonville be a State
1: who actually won a last wild week, overtime two game weeks. today.
0: They did win a wild ass overtime game today. Um, but yeah, James Madison—they were made eligible. And they're taking on Air Force, man, and the Armed Forces Bowl. Um, JMU is currently a two-and-a-half-point favorite. This will be on ABC at 3.30 p.m. Um, next Saturday. I think that's going to be an absolutely banger of a game. It's going be super fun to watch those two teams battle it out. Um, and then a sneaky good game, I think, will be 10.30 p.m. ESPN, Coastal Carolina, San Jose State. Um, They play in the Hawaii Bowl. Um, San Jose State's actually favored by 10 points. I think that's mainly because Grayson McCall entered the portal and is transferring. I think he committed to NC State? Where did Grayson McCall commit? Do you know off the top of your head? NC State, okay. Um, So yeah, Um, So I think San Jose State's favored by 10 points right now because obviously they lost their quarterback, but um, I do think Coastal Carolina is a bit better than that, and I think they're going to make this a pretty close game and i think that's going to be I mean, a pretty exciting i need to give game. another shout
1: out cuz um, northwestern ended up going bowling. and
0: i know i yeah, they know seven, Utah. Nine, 7 and 5 so
1: man. this isn't even a team that went 6 and 6 they went 7 and 5 last year they went 11 and they had the scandal in the offseason like a week before the game started <laughs> The coach got fired. The game started. It was just a big mess. And (laughs) I guess everybody expected them to to have the same kind of season as last year. And they didn't lose week one to Rutgers, so it didn't really start the best. But they quietly won a bunch of games. And with an interim head coach – well, I guess not an interim head coach. They they hired him um, after the – the other coach, they just kept one of the guys from from the staff. But man, shout out to Northwestern. I think this is a huge accomplishment. We we know how hard it is to win at a place like that. And for them to, to go seven to five after what happened last year and what happened in this offseason, they should be proud. So
0: shout out to right. Northwestern. For sure. Super shout out to Northwestern. We'll see if they can get that one against Utah. Las Vegas Bowl, that's actually the bowl game that Florida got routed by Oregon State in last year. Um, but yeah, we'll keep it there. There's obviously a whole bunch more bowl games, but we'll just look forward a week um, ahead. And then on Thursday, we'll look forward a week ahead of Thursday, and we'll talk a little bit about the games after that that are coming up around Christmas time. And then we'll do a actual full episode previewing the New York Six games, the, the the major bowl games, and the playoffs as well. Um, so make sure you guys stay locked in here at the pig skin Live with Road to Glory, man. Make sure you guys subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. Follow us on Instagram at the pig Skin Live. We got updates on there as well. Steph, you got anything else you want to get into? Any other topics you want to talk about before we get on out of here? Yeah, I think that's it, man. Go, we
1: hit pretty much everything. Oh, man. You'll never guess who Clown of the Week is. And he's not oh, a football man. player. Although it is oh. someone who did used to play football. He used to play football, related to football. That person is Draymond Green.
0: That's a great Clown <laughs> of the Week, actually. <laughs> his Michigan State of
1: Sports. Legend. I just had to bring it up. I mean, I assume he really saw does. what he did. Yo, he I hit did, somebody with a spin cycle. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> he looked like he was trying to play football, or, or he looked like he was trying to, to do MMA or something.
0: <laughs> jiu yeah. yeah. He didn't go
1: to the octagon Facts. doing all that, but I don't know what yeah. was going on. He spun around, hit somebody in the face, knocked them down, got suspended by the NBA. Yo, basketball is about finesse, bro. Stop doing all that crazy stuff. I mean, now there's a bunch of clips going viral of all his low lights because you can't call it a highlight, it's a low light where he jumping on people, no, He kicking people in low the nuts. yeah, choking, choking dudes people out. out. Like, uh huh, you got a whole history of just foul stuff, yo. I don't know, bro, but yeah, you, you clown of the week. And you brought up the Michigan State thing. So for those of you that don't know, Draymond Green did play football for a little bit in college until he realized that he does need to stick to basketball. So if you just if you just go on YouTube and type in Draymond Green playing football, you'll see what how he was at Michigan State. And it'll be pretty clear that he made the right decision by sticking with basketball. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, that's that's this clown of the weekend. <laughs> and he definitely transcended sports with that one because I don't even watch basketball. But when you're doing something mad crazy, you're going to make clown of the week. So... For sure.
0: But all right, we'll end it there then. Um, make sure you guys, like I said, stay locked in, stay tuned in with us because we will be back to cover early sunny day. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous myself. Florida needs to close big here. Because we need players to come in and help bad. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we'll see how these teams close. And we will be here to recap and react to it all. Appreciate all the love and support throughout the entire season. Uh, Enjoy all the bowl games. um, Because we're at that point of the year where This is the last little bit of football that we're gonna get, man. So uh, both is nice though, because it's like Tuesday or Wednesday, and you could just flip on your TV and there's South Florida versus Syracuse on your on your screen, and you could just enjoy two teams playing football, man. man. So too quick, man. Too quick. But um, so we gotta enjoy it. So we gotta enjoy every opportunity. And we still got a, we still got a few more. We still got a few more, so we're, we're going to enjoy those. And um, hope you guys enjoy it with us. We'll catch you guys. Peace.